This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. It's Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. From the courtroom to the boardroom to Talk Radio 1210. Get educated on the law from one of the most powerful attorneys in the country. Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. Featuring who's who in the Delaware Valley legal community. Welcome to the courtroom. And welcome to Legal Eagles Radio. And your host, Sam Pond. And we say hello and we welcome everybody in the Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond from the courtroom to the boardroom to your living room or your car or however you're consuming and listening uh, to the big show today. And we come to you uh, with what I think represents, Sam, the very core of what you do. And I'm excited to get into the program this or excited to get into the program today because it provides for our listeners a true understanding. I said to you in some of the pre-show prep, and I, I believe it to be true. Understand it's one thing to understand the law; it's another to understand how the law applies to you. Uh, and I think our conversa- our conversation or your conversation today with the partners will provide some real clarity. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, we're going back to the theme that I think that you bring up, Joe, all the time, and that is an old-fashioned civics lesson. Uh, and I go back to, as you've heard me, listeners, uh, folks out there, thank you for getting on and listening, wherever you may be listening. Uh, to get educated about the law. But I think we need to step back and take whatever you get from this. And we're going to think that we're at the the dinner table like I was growing up with my union father and and my my hardworking mother um, who not only worked every day but had that meal out there, kept the family together. But we had a civics lesson. We had a civics lesson around the dinner table every night. Um, and we had, we had a civics lesson. We had a discussion, a political discussion out on the stoop in front of the house in the hood, uh, in the neighborhood. So um, I think that that's been lost. I think we need more of it. This show is hopefully part of that. But despite having the civics lesson, Joe, as you mentioned, despite that, sometimes we forget what our rights are under the law. And I'm going to tell you about my own personal experience in that. But let's step back and understand... Also, despite us being informed, we also have to fight the PR. We have to fight the public relations efforts by big business, big insurance companies to basically dispel people's ability to go and engage and practice their rights. Folks, do you know that in Pennsylvania and every other state, you gave up a constitutional right in exchange for the workers' compensation system. The Sixth Amendment, Joe, under the federal constitution, every state, as we've said in other programming, in other other programs we've had, also every state has their constitution. Here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the right to file a lawsuit, a right to have a trial by jury is also under our Sixth Amendment, Section 6 of our Pennsylvania Constitution. Um, And then we get into folks' understanding of an entitlement. 
Huh, that word, how about that? Social Security, it's not an entitlement. It's one of the greatest self-funded citizen programs maybe in the entire world, in the free world, because it's only in the free world that we have a rule of law that could embrace and then execute on the Social Security system. People, the Social Security system is anything but an entitlement. It's your money that you are now entitled to get if you retire, if you need medical care under, medic, uh, medical care under Medicare, or if you have a disability program. So it's not an entitlement. So we've given up a constitutional right to sue for exchange for workers' compensation benefits, and you've given up a paycheck, every paycheck, 6% to fund the Social Security system. So now, Joe, here you are, Sam Pond, on his monologue, preaching about having an education about the law. And you know what? Both my parents, both my parents, my father was a union member at 686 as a gas worker, uh, machinist, and then got into the engineering part of it, union member for all 35 years, horribly burned, scarred by steam coming out while he was a machinist. And I remember how laid, he up was, how laid up he was. He looked like a mummy, never applied for workers' compensation, never applied, because he didn't know about the workers' compensation system. My mother, on her job in 1981, up in North Philadelphia, worked for a dry cleaning factory, fractured her hip, um, died shortly thereafter, most likely because of occupational disease, because being exposed to chemicals six days a week for $160 a week. Um, never applied for a frank fracture of her hip for workers' compensation benefits. We never got a penny. That money was lost, and she never applied for occupational disease for a cancer that was probably caused by her employment. So here it is, Sam Pond preaching to the people, yes, I had a civics lesson at the dinner table. Yes, we talked about politics. But we never applied for our rights under the law. And let I want to remind everybody about the upcoming election. Laws are made by our politicians. And you've got to get engaged. We've had so many battles in protecting injured works, workers' compensation rights legislatively. Over the last couple of years, I'm looking at Joe Doc. Joe Doc, how many times have we talked about this fight time and time again? And guess what? Our listeners who get up and work every day for a, an employer actually support the insurance company's efforts to take away their benefits and their family's benefits. People, how many times have I said about waking up? Don't worry about trying to hate someone and the PR. The reason that most people aren't applying for these benefits is because the PR efforts about insurance fraud and we think about insurance fraud, we think about consumers, they're afraid to apply for their benefits because the PR machine of the insurance industry has made them afraid. They've made them afraid to apply for their own benefits that they're entitled to and in many cases that they've paid for. So you've got to get involved politically. Look, we see organized labor getting hit with these, these Madison Avenue buzz terms. How many times have we said on the show, right to work, paycheck protection? It's all nonsense. It's all about getting more to the bottom line and taking away the rights 
of organized labor and taking the rights away of working men and women. So let's get into the show. Let's talk about what people's rights are. Have them walk away and then spread the word to their family, their friends, their neighbors to get an understanding of don't do what Sam Pond's family did. Where after all of those years of my parents working, they both were dead by 58. They never got Social Security benefits. They never knew about Social Security disability, and they never made a workers' compensation claim. This is Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. If you want to talk with Sam Pond or any one of his legal experts, call 800-568-7500. That's 800-568-7500. My father was a union plumber who was sick uh, throughout most of his life and needed help. And fortunately for us, uh, his union brothers and his union membership gave him the opportunity to have health benefits, which he didn't have in his own plumbing business. Uh, and I saw firsthand how being part of something bigger than you, being in a union, uh, had a lot of benefits. And it basically saved my father's life for a long time and allowed me the opportunity to go to college. And back here on Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond as we uh, come to you uh, across um, uh, across the airwaves uh, in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, bringing your message, Sam, Sam your mission to educating uh, consumers and educating listeners uh, on the power of knowing what to do. And in that riveting story about your parents and your opening monologue, uh, the understanding of not knowing... Um, is so relevant to a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it is. And, you know, just a little anecdotal on the injury part of it. My father also, after 35 years, my father was able to designate his pension because my mother passed first um, to his children, uh, knowing that if he had done that and he lived, he would have not been able entitled to his pension after 35 years. And I want to tell this story a little bit, if I may, Joe. Uh, so he did that on his deathbed in the hospital. Um, and he died about 10 days later. And the gas company refused to honor that designation, saying that it was not effective because he was not alive the first day of the following month. <clears throat> so he died on March 20th. He had to be alive on April 1st for that to be effective. And that was my first case in law school, my first year in law school. I challenged that through the union, great union 686. We fought it. We won up through the gas commission. We won it to the court of common pleas, and we won it. We set new law. So at least I finally learned I knew that was an injustice. This poor man, 35 years worked there, gave his heart and soul to the, to the company, um, and we got his pension. And that now is the Marie Pond Scholarship Fund uh, for the boys' club where I grew up, and we've had that for almost 30 years based on my father's pension money. Having said that, less about me. I want to turn it over now. We want to talk about the beginning, how a case starts on workers' comp, and we want to have, we have Jerry Lee Hockey, uh, we have Dave Stern, we have Tom Giordano, uh, these are Pond Lee Hockey, Stern Giordano, we have the whole crew coming out in the beginning of this three-part segment that hopefully we'll be able to have three parts. We may finish it earlier, we may get it down, we have, we may not. We've got Jerry Lee Hockey participating by phone, you heard the clip by jo Jerry. Joe, you mentioned about starting from the beginning. Sure. Uh, Sam, when I, when I pitched the idea to you, um, my, my thought process was 
the people, the listeners, the rank and file, those that aren't attorneys, uh, knowing what to do? Because like you said, so many people are afraid when they get injured. The fear factor is unprecedented because of the scuttlebutt and, and, and the misnomers and all those things. I mean, from the point of injury, what, what do you do from the point of injury? What happens in the first 90 days? The need for an attorney and why? The shenanigans that, that, that go on with the panel doctors and the insurance company providers, why are 60 to 75% of all injured workers denied or disputed their benefits before they actually uh, recover from their injuries? Well, let's start right there, J-Doc, because you th- just threw out a lot. There's a lot there just in those opening four statements. Absolutely. But Sam, let's start there. The, yeah. the, Sam, touch well, also on the panel doctors. Well, I'm going to have Jerry and, and, and Dave Stern chime in, and I'm going to start with Jerry, if I may. Jerry, Thank just tell you, us Sam. about the, you know, Joe's point is well taken point of injury what happens someone gets injured on the job what happens next or what should they do next the most important thing an injured worker can do is report the injury that starts the entire process rolling and if you don't report your injury you're going to be assumed that you didn't have an injury so it's extremely important that the injured worker go to their boss go to their supervisor and say hey I just did something, I was lifting something and I felt a pain in my back or uh, something fell on me or I was in a car accident delivering something and I, I, I may or may not be injured, I don't know for sure yet, but I, I want to report it because I want to start this process and I want to fulfill my obligation under the act to let my employer know that I've been hurt so that they can then start their process, Jerry, their requirements, their obligations start Jerry, after let's I give, report it. Jerry, let's give the listeners specifics in regard to the law. I get injured today, October 2nd. I hurt my back. I walk out of the, of the factory. I walk off the job site. I forgot to give my, my foreman uh, notice of it. Or maybe I've had pain from a lifting incident at noon, and I just finished the day and went home. How many days by law do I have to report an injury? Sam, under the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Act, an injured worker has 120 days from the date of the injury to report it to their employer. Now, that's a long time. And we've learned doing this for 30-some years that the longer you wait to give your employer notice, more apt you're going to be to have your claim denied. So even though you have 120 days, we always advise our clients, report the injury right away. If, it's, if your boss isn't there at the end of your shift or something, report it immediately the next morning or as soon as you can possibly report it. Uh, you know, now technology is the way it is. You can send a text to your supervisor if you have their numbers. You can send an email to your HR department when you get home. Let them know what happened. That's the most important thing because then the employer has an obligation to start investigating. If they have an insurance company, they have to report it to the insurance company. So we can't stress enough to, even though you have a lot of time, we don't want you to take that time. Let we me have, let me, sorry, let, let me, if I may, let me have Dave chime in. Sure. And if I can even make it a little more nuanced, Sam, um, if you want benefits as of the day you got hurt, you actually have to report the injury within 21 days. So if you want benefits, lost wage benefits from day one, you have to report your injury within 21 days. Now, if it goes beyond 21 days, you can still timely report your injury uh, all the way up to 120 days, as Jerry you know, correctly stated. But once you get past that 21st day, 
your entitlement to benefits starts as of the day you gave notice. So I would even stress greater urgency than the 120 days and say, as Jerry said, do it immediately, but absolutely within 21 days. Uh, one of the I things would- as a worker... Uh, and, and, this, and, and one of the things I want people to, you know, from that standpoint, as a worker, how many people are trying to take it for the team and say, well, you know, I don't want to start trouble. Uh, one of the reasons when, when Jerry said 120 and, and, and David says, you know, the, within the 21st days, I, as a, as a worker, having an injured workers program and having seen union workers get uh, go through all kinds of stuff. If you don't mention it the first day, I can't tell you how many, from my experience, how many employers or workers comp carriers say you. It could, have, it could have happened the, well, the that, night you went home. That, that, what happens then is, as Jerry mentioned, you get into trouble because then it becomes a credibility issue, and they say, well, why didn't you report it? You must have been playing ball on the weekend, or you must have did something at home, and you're you know, working on your car, whatever. It's, it becomes more problematic. But let's just have a little summary here starting on notice. As Dave said, you've got 21 days to report the injury if you want your benefits to begin as of the date you report it, Okay. All right, so if it's October 2nd, you've got to October 23rd. If you go beyond that 21 days, you can still legally give notice, but if you give it after that period of time, let's say the 60th day, your benefits will begin running for this, from the 60th day. You lose the first 60 days of workers' compensation benefits. If you don't report it within the 120 days, Jerry, you report it in the 125th day, what happens? You don't have a claim, Sam. Okay, it's you're barred. Simple. You're done. You're, okay. you're time barred under the Act. So okay. as Dave correctly points out, and you stress, as so do I, don't wait. Do not wait. You know, for it, for it, the whole number of reasons that we've just discussed. So immediately report it, point of injury, immediately report it. We've got the law there. Now, I reported today, October 2nd, I'm on a job site, hurt my back, lifting a heavy generator, uh, my back goes out, I report it to my boss, my immediate supervisor. How many days, and we're going to get into the medical care, etc. but how many days, Dave, does the insurance company have to make a decision about my case once I give notice? Uh, 21 days, Sam. Uh, the insurance company has to make a decision, uh, and that decision has to come in the form of a document. Uh, so... Uh, Pennsylvania workers' comp is what we sometimes call a paper state. Uh, And what that means is uh, anytime the insurance company makes a decision about something, they have to notify you in writing. Uh, So within that 21-day time frame, they have to tell you whether they're accepting your claim, whether they're accepting it for lost wages, whether they're accepting it for just medical benefits, or whether they're accepting it for both, uh, or uh, they have to tell you that they're denying the claim. Uh, And if they do not notify you with in writing within 21 days they're actually subject to penalties under the law okay so we've talked on other shows we've talked on 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 some other shows even i think last week's show we talked about punitive damages and in the silver realm punitive damages are really the hammer that keeps business honest it allows the consumers to be protected because most government regulations don't have the kind of teeth that are required. So the punitive damages, and you go in front of a jury, you can't go in front of a jury here, they're really something that the, that the employer is going to look at about being hit with. They don't apply, though, right, Dave, in, in a workers' compensation 
matter. That being punitive damages, you talked about something called a penalty. Correct. Uh, and a penalty uh, can be up to 50% of your lost wage benefits if the insurance company violates your rights. This is Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond, along with partners David Stern, uh, Jerry Lee Hockey, and still to come, Thomas Giordano uh, will join us as we roll along on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Now back to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We can compete with any insurance company more so than they can ever compete with us. We have the money, we have the resources, and we will take them the task, and we will beat them in representing our clients. Back here on Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond, our opening discussion uh, is now underway, and we do hope that you're processing the information. You know, Sam, as I sit and I absorb uh, and I listen, and I listen to uh, David reference uh, 21 days, Jerry referenced that uh, umbrella of 120 days, and I'm trying to imagine myself as an injured worker and, and trying to answer in my own mind, um, at what point, even when I provide notice, am I, do I know to reach out and find legal help? And should it be when I report? Should it be after? Because at that moment, I'm still feeling and still thinking as though I might be scared to do anything other than just report. Oh, I think oh, you're, you're, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, and we've, 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 we've talked about this many times. I've talked to many of my own peers, union workers. They should do it right away. And the reason they should is the system that they're in, that they don't understand, the loyalty that they're showing the company uh, that they think that they've earned for over 30 years. When they go into that system, it's governed by lawyers that work for the insurance You're not company. talking about reporting it right away. No, I'm you're talking, talking about getting an attorney. Getting counsel right away. Getting counsel right away because the system you're going into has has their attorneys all over this from the point of your injury so my suggestion so you can ha ask questions and get counsel and there's no harm to do that it doesn't cost any out of pocket is to get the attorney right away well i, I look that would be self-serving and i agree i mean I, i'm saying that because i have an ethical responsibility for to be honest and to do what's best for for uh, our clients clearly to go get counsel initially is what you should do however as joe said joe Krausen being being pragmatic in the reality of it is people are number one afraid sure they're, they're number one what's going to happen to me could i lose my job is there going to be a retaliation that's also the employment end of it that comes into play and the other kind of cases that can develop but also i think at that point um people are stepping back and saying oh i'm intimidated to see a lawyer they're going to start taking part of my check and i don't want to have to pay a lawyer and what's the cost there i'm in trouble already i'm not even know if i'm going to get a paycheck now i got to pay a lawyer well, they don't have to pay a lawyer. You know, one thing that we talked about, and Joe, Joe Krause has mentioned this last week. One thing that we mentioned, we talked about, and I'm looking around the table here at my partners and, and you know, working with Jerry for 30 years, is one of the things that I love about what we do from a legal perspective is we have great bedside manner. And we talked about with Steve Miller out in Pittsburgh last, last week, the bedside manner of letting clients know you can't fake bedside manner, Joe. It's you either got it or you don't. You either are empathetic, you care and can put yourself in someone's shoes to understand what's going on, or you can't. You're rushing people in and out, trying to make a buck, looking at the clock, or whether or not you're really going to look someone in the eye and feel the hurt and then deliver a bedside message so they feel confident and they trust you, and then we believe that we're going to get the kind of result that we have. So I think that people, when they go to see a lawyer, it doesn't cost you anything in workers' comp. Attorney's fees are governed by law. We're going to get into more of that. 
However, if you go in, listen to your gut. Look up people on Google. What's their Martindale Hubble rating ethically and experience-wise? Martindale Hubble. They should have the best. And then you go and see them. Go into their office. Get a feel from their staff. Get a feel from them. If your gut says, I don't feel right, go see someone else. Be that as it may. So let's talk about now getting back to the law. What is an injury under Pennsylvania law? Now, before 1972... You had to have an accident under the law. From 1915, when we gave up the constitutional right, to 1972, you had to have an accident. The law changed in 1972 to say you could have an injury. What is an injury? Do I have to, Joe, be run over by a forklift? Or can I have, let's say I have a pre-existing heart condition, or I have a bad back, I have a pre-existing condition. We all have, listen about pre-existing conditions, Zan, and this, this idea of affordable health care. Well, guess what? Under the Pennsylvania work comp system, if you have a pre-existing condition and it's aggravated by your work, whether it's repetitive type of work, carpal tunnel, lifting, or whether or not you lift something at one time and you aggravate a pre-existing condition, that's a work injury. That's a work injury. So let's talk about a little bit more, Jerry, in regard to a work injury for, let's say, someone that's in the construction trades. Well, the easiest example of an injury in a construction trade, Sam, would be a physical injury caused by some type of traumatic event. And that traumatic event could be falling down a, a flight of steps, falling off of a scaffolding, uh, being hit by something that fell from high above, uh, tripping and falling and sustaining an injury, lifting something heavy and sustaining an injury, be it to your back, your knees, your shoulder, etc. That's the easiest form of a physical definition uh, of a physical injury in the construction trades. Okay. Now, Tom, I'm going to turn to you for a minute. We're going to talk about Social Security a little early on. Someone has to be out for a period of time before we're going to apply for Social Security disability for them because they hopefully they're going to get better and go back to work. In Social Security disability, do you have to have an injury? Do you have to have an accident? Do you have to have a disease? What, what, what goes into having uh, an ailment, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, in regard to applying for Social Security disability? Yeah, it's a good question, Sam. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of synergy between workers' comp and Social Security where you're going to meet somebody in a workers' comp uh, setting, a client who's out of work because of an injury, and send them to me for Social Security disability. But the, the good news, if, if that's a good word to use, is that you, you can have a, a medical condition that has any cause whatsoever. It could be something you've done at work, something you've done at home, uh, a disease you've, you just happen to have. Um, you can get Social Security disability for medical conditions no matter the cause. It does not have to be work-related. Uh, but, you know, going back to work-related injuries, I think where, where you, Jerry, and Dave, and, and I know it's self-serving here, Joe, and I apologize, set yourselves apart from everyone else, is that you consider Social Security for disability for each and every one of your clients. So let me, that, that's a great segue to my question to Dave. Dave, someone, the, the client does, Joe, get the cards and, and right after having the injury to come in and see Dave Stern. When they come in to see you, Dave, are you looking at, you're not, I'm assuming you're not, we don't look at them in a vacuum. We look at them holistically in regard to what other benefits. If they were on a job site, do they have other 
legal matters that they could pursue, workers' comp, it's a pension, long-term disability, there's an employment case. Are you, what do you do in regard to looking at all these other, other legal matters? Sure. Yeah, I, I tell all clients that I'm thinking about their tomorrows uh, and uh, piggybacking off um, Tom's segue there, uh, I absolutely look at uh, Social Security disability uh, for clients uh, for, a, for a handful of reasons. Uh, number one, uh, in almost every circumstance, uh, you can receive Social Security disability benefits in addition to your workers' compensation. So some people have some economic losses, uh, which is hard to get into in this uh, format, but have some economic losses when they're out of work receiving workers' comp, and they can get Social Security disability on top of their workers' comp, and that makes up for their losses. Uh, the other thing is once you're on Social Security disability uh, for two years, you're then eligible for the medical program, which, uh, as you indicated in the introduction, is called Medicare. Uh, so it'll be a medical benefit for workers that are not working and don't have perhaps health care benefits anymore uh, to be able to take care of medical conditions, whether it's their work injury or anything. And then finally, looking at the picture holistically, there's going to come a day where the workers' compensation is going to end, maybe in a settlement, whatever the case may be. It's really comforting for the injured worker to know that when that workers' comp benefit is over, there's going to be an income from Social Security disability that they're going to fall right into. Let's go and let's talk about someone on, uh, I gave a, 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 uh, an, an example of someone being hit by a forklift. Let's say some, uh, we have a Teamster that goes and makes a delivery with his truck to a, a site, a warehouse, and uh, pulling off a pallet, a fork truck, that from another company hits him and fractures his leg. Does he have any recourse? Does he have another case besides he had a work injury, injured on the job, hit by a forklift? We're going to be looking into Social Security eventually, depending on age, etc. Does he have another legal matter? Yeah, absolutely. And and that that is uh, what we refer to as a third party case. Uh, when you're injured at work uh, and your injury is the fault of someone other than the employer, uh, then you will have. Uh, a legal cause of action uh, for negligence against that third party. And in those cases, uh, you can receive benefits uh, such as punitive damages, which you asked me about before, uh, pain and suffering, things that aren't available in the workers' comp system. So now we start developing the whole team and looking at the other benefits. And as they come about, we start getting a benefit analysis. So now we have Tom Giordano and his team in Social Security Disability on board. We're going to have a third-party attorney and their team working with Dave's workers' compensation team um, of developing the workers' compensation case. So let's just, let's just step back, and I want to just kind of get people an understanding at this beginning of this journey after having a work injury. Very, very important. In exchange for giving up your right to sue in a third, your employer for damages if they were negligent, you get workers' comp. But part of that deal, Joe, part of that deal, this bargain, this grand bargain of giving up a constitutional right was that injured workers were to get the liberal construction of the law in their favor. Borderline interpretations are to go in the injured workers' favor. The humanitarian purpose of the act, in other words, the overriding theme is that the act has a humanitarian purpose to help injured workers. And their doctor, the injured workers' doctor's testimony 
or report should be given greater weight than the employer's one-time doctor visit. These basic tenets, as we call them, these basic foundation pieces have to be understood by the injured worker and giving them the confidence to pursue their case. This is Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond, presented by Pond, Lahaki, Stern, and Giordano, an official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back in a moment. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. God save the United States and this honorable court. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. I had an injury to my neck. It wasn't a serious injury, it was a herniated disc. Anything that could go wrong went wrong. I've been in the hospital 23 times since. The bills started to pile up. I have nothing to give. We had nothing in the refrigerator. I would be dead and not sitting here right now if it wasn't for Pomahockey. And back here on Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond as we transition back into the show. Sam, I did want to take a moment on behalf of all of the alumni of Temple University, and there are many alumni in Temple, uh, from Temple University, not only in the Philadelphia area, uh, but around the country. Uh, I did want to take a, a public moment uh, to say congrats to you uh, on the uh, on uh, the the award from uh, Temple University. Very prestigious, uh, very honored. Uh, well done, sir. Well, thank you, uh, Joe. I appreciate it. And uh, we're all thankful for um, the educational institutions that we attended and, and hopefully we give back. That's very, very important. Um, and uh, Temple gave me a great education uh, in regard to my legal career, my legal education, and um, actually teach a class there now and have that honor as well. Let's turn back, if we can, to the journey of the injured worker who has that injury. We talked about, to Dave Stern about that person coming in and looking at the approach holistically and what other uh, legal matters may be there, what other benefits so that we can, uh, as, J- J- I mean, as Dave said, he said, look, what's your tomorrow's? What's the case strategy for our clients? You have to have a strategy for your client. Uh, diagnose their issue, get a prognosis, get a course of treatment, a course of attack, and we go from there. Jerry, client comes into you. Uh, you know, just had a work injury, Is it got enough fear, uncertainty in their life, claims denied, comes in to see you, had the work injury, um, clearly a, an injury on the job. Um, tell us about what the fee is, what, if any, costs are involved, uh, what happens next, and how much money do they get on comp? Oh, thank you, Sam. The first thing that every listener should understand is that any workers' compensation attorney who's worth their weight in salt should be working on a contingent fee basis. And what that means is that if that attorney doesn't win the case, doesn't put money into the client's pocket, they don't get paid. It's that simple. Now, some law firms, unlike ours, charge some clients cost money. You know, when you have to go to court to litigate against an insurance company, those kinds of cases cost money. Our firm has never charged the client for costs, and we never will. We put that money up front. If we decide to take your case, that means we believe in you, and we're willing to invest our money into your case in order to win. And when we do win, the contingency, the contingent fee is a 20% fee of whatever monetary benefits we're able to obtain for you. Thanks, Jerry. Dave, 
Dave, if if someone has comes in, you you file. If if they got a, a case denied, what do you file? So uh, in workers' compensation, we call it a claim petition, Sam. Uh, I think people could liken that to a complaint uh, in civil matters. Uh, but that is the most common petition that we would file uh, when a claim has been denied. What happens after that? You file the claim petition. Is it heard in the court of common pleas? Who hears this case? Where is it heard? Uh, and what happens? So the cases are heard in front of workers' compensation judges. Um, almost all of the judges now were um, former lawyers or current lawyers. Um, and uh, so the cases are heard in, they're heard in the county uh, in which you live. Uh, so uh, if you happen to live outside of Pennsylvania and you're listening to this program, then the case may be heard uh, in the county where your employer was located. But if you live in Pennsylvania, your case is going to be heard in the county in which you live. You file the claim petition, it's going to be assigned to a judge in the county where you live. How long does it take to get a hearing? So there's a new computer system that uh, was put into place a couple of years ago, Sam. Um, by the Bureau of Workers' Compensation, which has expedited this process. Uh, typically, people are actually getting a hearing uh, within about three weeks uh, of when the claim gets filed. So uh, unlike civil matters, you know, motor vehicle cases, slips and falls, medical malpractice, those types of cases uh, that kind of drag through the system, um, the workers' comp cases are, are moved fairly quickly. What's the... I'm injured on the job. Um, how do I get paid? Do I get paid if I win and my case gets accepted? Or if I win in front of a judge, do I get my full salary? Um, what do I get? So you get um, a percentage of your uh, average weekly wage. Uh, and the way this is calculated is it, in most cases, uh, they look at the uh, 52 weeks before your injury, come up with an average. Uh, and then in most cases, uh, you are paid two-thirds of your average weekly wage. It's two-thirds because it's tax-free. Right. If I got if I got overtime, would that be included? Absolutely included. If, if I got a bonus, would that be included? Would be included. And in Pennsylvania, disability is synonymous with loss of earnings. In other words, I have to lose money to be considered disabled under the Pennsylvania Workers' Compact. I could fracture my skull, but if I were able to go to work and not lose any money, I'm not considered disabled, right? Absolutely. And what a lot of people don't understand is there's actually partial disability. So if you go back to work and you're making less than what you made before, even though you're working, you are entitled to a workers' comp benefit. Joe Doc? Yeah, light duty. Um, what are the rules of light duty? Because it seems like no matter how injured somebody is, it's always a factor. Light duty is a factor, but I think what we really need to do, what we really need to do is in our next segment, we've really got to probably talk about the most important part about litigating a case, and that's who's controlling the medical care. Tommy? In, in Social Security Disability, not yet, right, because the people aren't out in, in, in this journey. They're not really ready for the Social Security Disability aspect of it. Right. If you're still working, you can't apply at that point. But what, what we do and what you should do is you should have a checklist in place where if you're out of work um, and you've been out of work and you don't expect to get back anytime soon, that's when you talk to me about Social Security Disability. And this benefit Dave was talking about, two-thirds of your gross average weekly wage, you can get that. You could, also get, you could also get Social Security Disability, correct? Correct. We're going to get into the nuance of that later on. Well, Jerry, um, yeah. anything to add before we're wrapping it up here in our first segment of workers' compensation? The only thing I would add is that if you are an injured worker and you are meeting with your attorney, and your attorney isn't talking to you about all of these other potential benefits that are available to you, you need to get another attorney. 
Okay. Um, you're right, Jerry, because we've seen it time and time again. For some reason, these other benefits are in place, and they become very, very important, Joe, in regard to making sure, making sure people know what they're doing, they're educated, and they're getting all their benefits that they're entitled to. This is their entitlement. They're entitled to it. They earned it, and it's the law that they have to get the benefit. Part one of the uh, tedious process of understanding what are our rights or what are your rights uh, when injured on a job well done great job by all of the partners today jerry the hockey tom giordano uh, and david stern um, the process has to be that basic sam but sam it has to be that simplistic we'll continue uh, with the dialogue and with the conversation on your behalf so you understand that's going to do it uh, for this week's edition of legal eagles radio uh, with sam pond on behalf uh, of the partners jerry Lee Hockey, Tom Giordano, and Dave Stern, and of course, our gracious host, Sam Pond, our entire listening audience, and J-Doc, who was a big part of the show today. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.